0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I am joined. It's been a while, but I'm joined by my friend Jose Lopez of GetRopa.com. What's up, Jose?
1: What's up, Patrick? Great to be here with you again.
0: Yeah, man. How have you been?
1: Hey, things have been good. You know, things with uh, GetRopa. Uh, have have been going well and you know have definitely been enjoying uh this early part of the season for our dubs you know this is better than i could have ever imagined the season opening up and just really excited to see you know where these guys can can take uh this great start uh, especially as you know hopefully we get some more reinforcements in the form of clay and wiseman soon and yeah it's just super exciting and you know especially given the last couple seasons, which have been pretty disappointing, (laughs) you know, it's, it's nice to, Uh to just be really, um, you know, appreciative and to be able to kind of stop and smell the roses with with each of these games that are just going really well and, you know, much better than expected.
0: And those reinforcements are the exact reason why I don't really trip too hard on any losses that the Warriors have right now, because we don't see this team in its final form on a night-to-night basis yet. But I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about one of those reinforcements in particular, one Clay Thompson, and what his return means to the Warriors and also to us and to fans, Warriors fans in general, NBA fans. I'm super excited for Clay. I'm like excited, but anxious, you know, like because yeah. it, it takes a while to come back from an Achilles and I've always been unsure about when the best time is for him to come back. And I'm like, hey, take as much time as you need. We need you to stay healthy and stay right. But, you know, I'll put my faith in the Warriors uh, front office and their medical staff and, and Clay himself. But, uh, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. How are you feeling?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. You know, I think, you know, the the way that, that the scene is, season has started uh, makes me feel you know, even more like we should be treading as carefully as possible with this. I think like you were saying, trusting the the medical staff and, you know, if it were mm-hmm. up to me, you know, I know that there's been this push uh, to come out for, for Christmas game and certain big stages. And I'm just like, hey, we have got a little a little buffer here and, and we, we've gotten off to a good start. So let's not rush it. If there's any doubt, let's just push it out a couple of weeks and, and let this guy heal up. Uh, but, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of hope, uh, to see, you know, to just see him drill a, a three again. Um, you know, it's, it's a trip just to reflect on the fact that he's never played at Oracle. Uh, that just is a, a weird uh, chase, chase you know, center. Oh yeah. There you go. He's never played at chase. Uh, which is just a, a, a Freudian slip there, because my heart is probably still still in Oakland, uh, <laughs> along the names of name of your podcast, right? But yep. Uh, but yeah, it's been so long since we've seen him. The Raptor series was pre-COVID. It feels like uh, you know a lifetime ago, right? Uh-huh. And, and literally, the world was completely different last time Clay was on the floor. And you know, I think uh, you know just get, knowing the the seriousness of his injuries. You know the the word anxiety that you just used is is very appropriate too because you just don't know uh, what it's going to look like when he's back. And I know that you know um, these you know serious lower leg injuries uh, today aren't the same uh, you know types of of outcomes that we may have had even you know ten or fifteen years ago. So I think that's you know cause for hope. And I think you know seeing KD be KD, uh, is is also you know a cause for hope, uh, but but it's also just a little scary to think, you know, what if he's not the same? And what if he, you know, can't tr- contribute in the same way and you know, what, what would that do to the team, to to the fan base and and so there there's a lot there's a lot rolled up into it. There's there's, you know, just a lot of uh at stake uh both basketball wise and I feel like just collectively for for the bay for for the greater dub nation, I think emotionally there's a lot at stake with him coming back.
0: When he comes back, it's going to be amazing. Obviously, it'll be at a home game. I'm guessing. You know, you're not going to put them out there on the road and then yeah. and, and see what happens. Like that's why when people are saying targeting Christmas, we're going to put them out in front of the Suns fans for the first time. You know, but then as people started realizing that, oh wait, that's a road game. I think they were like, uh, maybe not. Yeah. But it's mixed feelings right until we see what he's able to give i've talked about game six of of the 2019 finals on this podcast before and yeah everybody else says that oh clay will he'll always be able to shoot but man you know as well as i do that as his game was evolving he was doing more things he wasn't like getting more athletic but he was getting better around the basket he was using his head fake to get shots in the post even more often, getting mid-range shots, all this stuff. Playing against the uh, Raptors, he was having a game six clay game. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that one where he just crossed half court and just lifted somewhere right past the uh, the logo and yeah. nailed a three. I was like, oh, this is on. This is over. Yeah. This is over because – As soon as the Warriors win this game, the Raptors are going to be shook. And I was like, Clay could get MVP of the series. Who knows? But the sad thing to me was like he was just starting to peak as an all-around basketball player. And right now, I'm just hoping that he can get around screens as quickly as he used to before,
1: yeah, you know that that's that's exactly how I feel. I do think that he had a really good argument. If we were able to, if you first of all, if you were able to stay healthy, if KD was able to stay on the floor, if the Doves were able to to pull it out and and push it to Game Seven and and end up winning that series, I think he had a, a strong argument for for the MVP uh, consideration just based on the series he was having. And and you're totally right that you know he was starting to to mix it up a little bit more and, and you know, taking it to the rack and, and just creating, you know, a little bit more outside of just playing off ball, which has always been, um, you know, kind of his role and his strength. Uh, but he can do a little bit more than that, which I think, you know, back to the hope part of this conversation, um, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of that type of, you know, movement and activity, um, you know, doesn't always necessarily depend on your athleticism right we've seen you know play older players in history uh, who may have lost a little bit off the first step but they can still create and get to the hoop and uh, and distribute the ball in a way that we, he was he was able to and I think the fact that his his three-point shot is such a threat and so scary for everybody just naturally creates that that space that um, you know he may be able to benefit from in a way that uh, someone who's a little bit faster, uh, is not going to have that same space uh, because uh, you know if they don't have the same kind of uh shot threat that that clay has they're just not going to get that level of respect um, to be able to take advantage of of that space um so i think the trajectory of his game was projecting you know forward in a really good way and you know hopefully if assuming that that his health is is relatively good um you know there's no reason to think that 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 aspect of his kind of the growth of his game is going to completely just be put on a shelf. I think we could still see some of that.
0: Let me ask you this: Let's talk about three versions of Clay and how you think they would help this team, and what effect you think these versions might have. How does a sixty percent version of Clay? How does he affect? the face of this current team.
1: Um, I mean sixty percent clay, I would say is my definition of that is kind of a like a Kyle Corver role, right? So still has a shot. Hopefully not a complete, you know, minus on the defensive end. But um I think we're, you know, that's that's something that I think a lot of people are kind of, you know, kind of expecting that he won't, you know, be, you know, quite the same on the defensive end because he was you know, benefiting so much from that athleticism and his lateral movement, which you would have to think takes a little bit of a hit, uh, mm-hmm. given his, the seriousness of his injuries. Yeah. Um, so I think that that type of player, you know, let's say inserting a, a Kyle Korver uh, onto the onto the Dubs is uh, currently constituted, that's still a great addition to the team, right? I think you know mm-hmm. that's still. I'm not sure if it's, and part of this also depends a little bit on how uh someone like Jordan Poole uh continues to progress right mm-hmm. um so i'm not sure that, that 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 player is you know necessarily um particularly if the if you're losing a little bit on the defensive end if they're closing out high leverage playoff games but mm-hmm. definitely contributing uh significantly to a playoff series so i think that's still that's still a win
0: for us yeah i think anytime you just if you told me like blindly you're going to add a spot up three point shooter who shoots 40%, I'll take that, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> then, yeah. then you get, it's like, Oh, I'll take another auto Porter jr. I'll take a better Damian Lee. <laughs> mm-hmm. still. Oh, yeah, so totally. uh, let me ask you this first as a baseline. Do you think that the Warriors are the favorites right now? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't
1: know what's going on with the nets. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, just based on <laughs> who's on the squad, I think that's, that's, that's a, that's a strong uh, team. That's going to be scary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, out of the West, you know, Phoenix looks really good, obviously. So I haven't looked at, you know, like the odds or anything like that. I would like, in, in my mind, I think like there's, there's a lot of parody, uh, right now, uh, in the league generally, there's no one that seems beyond reach and unbeatable, but, it, but it's also, I wouldn't say that we're like a presumptive favorite or anything like that.
0: Do you think that, uh, so it's 60% clay. Do you think that puts the Warriors past the Suns.
1: I think if if we're assuming um and it does feel like we're kind of banking a lot on um you know guys like GP2 to continue playing at a high level, um, you know, guys like Damian Lee and Otto Porter Jr. to to you know contribute at a high level, uh, Iggy to stay healthy and well rested and be able to step up. Um so it feels like a little bit, you know, like like you're it's kind of, you know, hanging on, not with like you know uh not with like duct tape but but it's also not like strongly bolted on right mm-hmm. but yeah i think if you have you know clay i would i would i would feel much better at like the next level up of clay let's say you know 70 75 80 percent clay then i feel really good um because then then i think you're relying less on on the the JTAs and the role players like you know, really kind of, um, in some cases kind of outperforming, I think where most people would expect them to be playing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, pool is, is again, like the biggest wild card is his game going to continue to, to progress. Uh, can we get like a level of uh, consistency from him, uh, to where he's like a reliable, you know, starter level player night in, night out. Mm -hmm. I think if so, um, I feel really good about that.
0: Well, that was going to be my next level, seventy-five percent clay. What does that look like to you?
1: I mean, seventy-five percent clay is, you know, knockdown shooter, right? Um, and is and is able to 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 do a little bit more. Uh, maybe not to the game game six two thousand nine level of playmaking and getting to the hoop, but at least uh, having a little bit more of a threat outside of just being a spot up shooter uh, on that end of the floor and then is not all defensive team type contributor on defense, but is still able to to switch everything and, you know, maybe you know, moving a little bit slower on that end and maybe not as dynamic and maybe gets beat off the ball mm-hmm. um, or, or on back cuts, and et cetera, a little bit more often. He's not a spotless, you know, player on that end of the floor, but he's still more than holding his own against a high level offense.
0: What about 90% clay?
1: <laughs> I mean 90% clay to me is just like you're that's basically just clay. Like if that's yeah. you
0: know that's like, clay clay with some rust, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's like clay coming off of like the you know the the Florida road trip or something, right? <laughs> so like I have a rough yeah. night in
0: LA, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, totally. So so I think if we get 90% anything above 75% clay uh is essentially probably better than what you can realistically get on the trade market yeah, for the young guys right now. And so when you put it in those terms, like if we're getting, you know, 70, 80%, 80 plus percent clay, like, you know, you can keep any of your trash, you know, offers for <laughs> for other players uh, to join the scene because that 85% clay is better than anybody else who you're going to get. I mean, he's one of the best players of all time. And, and yeah, and he's back on this team that, that's just looking really, really strong right now. So that is scary. And, you know, it's fun to think about. I also, you know, kind of don't want to jinx it by like, you know, banking on it or like calling it that that's what's going to happen. But if
0: that does happen, this is a very scary team. And does that to you make them, at least in the West, presumptive favorites over the Suns and Jazz? In my mind, yeah. Uh,
1: barring barring injury, um, assuming the, the Dre you know, stays fit and motivated and, and has gas in the tank for the whole season, um, which he's looked great, you know, up, up to this point, all those things, you know, being baked into the pie, I think in my mind, they're, they're presumptive favorites at that point. And I'm not sure that the country will, will necessarily see it that way because I think there is, you know, there's always with the warriors, there's always going to be a certain level of, you know, dub fatigue and
0: you know, yeah. maybe <laughs> other,
1: other storylines and the narrative, will we'll go from oh clay's back and that's so awesome they got the band back together uh to like oh these guys again like real fast I think the narrative will will flip on us, you know, probably after a, a couple weeks of ninety percent clay. But um but yeah, I think in my mind I feel really good going into the playoffs.
0: When you say presumptive favorites, are you saying over the, the Nets and the Bucks and the East as well?
1: Those are still series. It's not it, this isn't gonna it's not gonna be like the the KD Warriors, right? Um yeah. I think those are, those are still serious, but I, I feel good at that point as well with what Kerr brings to the table in terms of, of the scheme and in terms of, you know, making adjustments and each of those, you know, cases, I think we can talk about, you know, a little bit about what, what we've seen in terms of being uh, weaknesses of, of this team to date, but, you know, obviously you know, big guys who are dynamic and who can excel in uh, playmaking and and shooting from the outside can be a problem for this team. And so, when you're looking at someone like a Giannis, on some nights, even someone like Aiton, but you know, guys like Jokic and AD and KD, um, I think that's where you know part of uh, the weakness uh, to this team lies. So, I think mm-hmm. you know it's always going to be a series, but I also feel. Uh, pretty confident that if we're getting that level of of contribution from Clay uh, on both ends, that, that there's going to be you know skeleton keys around those problems.
0: Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, if we got 60%, Clay, and obviously, like, Day one clay, it might be like 10% clay. Who knows what it's going to look like, right? But um, even at 60%, I'm assuming like, you know, like maybe towards the end of the season, he's moving up in percentages. And the following season, knock on wood, everything's fine, that maybe he's getting even closer. But 60% clay, man, I'd be like, oh boy. <laughs> you know, like, well, you know, we'll uh, we'll see how this goes. 75% clay. I'll be like, okay, this league is in trouble. They are yeah. like, cause you you play clay, you mix Clay, Wiggins, Jordan Poole in a lineup. That's bad news when you add Steph, right? It's like oh, yeah. who are you going to guard? Andrew Wiggins as the fourth scoring option. I'd yeah. have to look in the NBA history books to see a potentially more prolific fourth scoring option, not fourth best player, but a fourth scoring option. Yeah. Like a former number one pick. But a 90% clay, I will just I, I will shed tears, man. I will just like
1: <laughs> it, it I, I will, feel like I'm gonna shed tears regardless, man. Just, yeah. Just to see him back on the floor.
0: I will just be emotionally like devastated in a positive way if he's, <laughs> if he shows up and he is that good. Even if he does it, like even if he takes like a a rest every five games or something, <laughs> you know, like that's fine, you know. But if yeah. he can get to that point, it's like, again, the, I've said this a lot about some of the older dudes like Iguodala, like Draymond. These guys are guys that you want at the end of the season. Uh, Draymond, obviously you play him more often, but like Iguodala, dude, that, that's a break glass guy at the end of the season. Break glass when you need him. That's it. Yeah. You
1: know? <laughs> yeah, And he he's showed that he... He still has, you know, he can't bring it every single night, right? He doesn't even play every night. But, um, but he, he still has that high level yeah. in there in, in spurts.
0: And that's all you need. And if Clay can do that, if he gets 90% and you just need to rest him kind of like a robot, you just need to, to <laughs> put him in storage for a while, then by <laughs> all means, please do that. Because I distinctly remember, man, like when Clay got hurt, our Warriors group text when I didn't really know anybody, we were just all so bummed. We were all so legit sad about it for his sake, you know, the quotes yeah. where he was like wondering if he, when he was at the hospital, like, did we win? You know, yeah. the, um, the, the question where he asked, like, do you think this is going to affect my free agency? Fortunately it didn't, you know, you know, good on on Lacob for pushing through with that. Yeah. What will this mean to you just to have him back on the court as a long time lifelong warriors fan.
1: Yeah. I mean to, to that end, I mean, the fact that he came out for, for the free throws, right. That was just, man, like that, that's just one of those things. Like, like, are we in a movie right now? That, that was kind of like the, 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 the sense he got right. And the, the fact that he came back to the free throw line.
0: And he tried to keep playing after Yeah, right? he tried I mean, to run back you on defense. Me, dude? This,
1: <laughs> this guy, he he's, he's just a, He's a machine, right? And so, to that question, the only way that I can analogize it is I had this crew of, of boys in, in middle school, right? That we were all kind of a little rat pack. And then one of our, our buddies, you know, his parents got divorced, and not sure what happened with like the custody situation or co parenting or whatever, but he ended up uh, going to a different middle school um, that was, you know, looking back, not that far, but, you know, for some reason they, they still sent him to the other middle school and then, but we're still going to go to the same high school. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, they, he left in like sixth grade and we're going to be re- reunited and in ninth grade. And he was still kind of, you know, in the neighborhood and, you know, we'd see him around, but it's not the same, right. Because he's not in school every day and yeah, we're not getting into our little hijinks every day and and having fun. Uh, so it was just kind of sad, right. Like to see him, and he's not caught up, and everything that's gone on at school. But we're all just hopeful that, like, hey, man, in a couple of years, we'll get back to to school, and and we'll be back, right? It'll it'll just be the whole crew again, uh, back together again. And that's that's kind of how I, I feel like it must be like, you know, for guys like Steph and Dre to know that he's going to come back, and you see him there, but he can't contribute, he can't share in those moments, yeah. you know, quite the same way. And obviously, to a much lesser degree compared to someone who's actually on the team. But I think for, for us fans, it's kind of the same thing, right? Where you're hopeful and looking forward to to having him back on the squad, but at the end of the day, he's not there. And if he is there, he's not on the floor and, and sharing in those moments and creating those moments. And so it's this this tension because he's far away, but he's also right there, right? Yeah. Uh, and you can't really kind of share and experience the, the full extent of the relationship like like you used to just a short time ago. And you're kind of you know longing for for the day when you'll have a kind of full reunion on the fullest terms. So that's kind of what I analogize it to, mm-hmm. uh, is you know just just waiting, right, and and hopeful that the current kind of uh, chasm that exists between your present experience and the past can go full circle and and go back to to how it used to be uh, when he gets back on the team
0: obviously after like the first initial time that he gets on the court, it'll be a positive effect no matter what. I mean, even unfortunately, if he ends up being 60%, right? But if he's closer to like 75 and up, then I'm looking forward to just seeing Steph and Clay start a game. I mean, with Draymond out there, I'm looking forward to seeing a lineup with Steph, Clay, Draymond, Iguodala, and I don't know, Looney, (laughs) you know, just to see what that's like. And then I'm looking forward to the lineup that I was kind of referring to of Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole, Wiggins, and mm-hmm. whomever else you want to throw a dream on, you know, <laughs> that would be amazing. And I feel like if things go relatively well, I'm excited by the fact, you know, I'm always like looking at the, the rookies and the young guys for them to see even further how great Clay is and how these guys play together as an mm-hmm. example You know, Mm -hmm. they see the work ethic, obviously, someone like Jordan Poole has put in the work himself to get to this point. But how that can affect all the Wiseman's, the Kaminga's, the Moody's, you know, it'll only have a positive just for the culture in general. And I think it'll just put a big smile on everyone's face. And he'll probably show up at a time where they really need him. If there's like a a period where they're playing mediocre basketball, where they've lost some games on the road or whatever, where they can really just have that turbo boost to their season emotionally and have that other phase start. And um, for the fans, man, like like I said earlier, I think it will be very, very emotional. You know, I'll be watching that on TV and I can just imagine the home crowd. I mean, it'll be a very long standing ovation And, you know, we'll we'll see some emotion from Clay, but like also, you know, Steph and all all the guys out there. And yeah, man, I'll probably uh, shed a tear because out of all the Warriors stars, all stars, future Hall of Famers, he's the dude that everybody's like, yeah, I know a dude like that. (laughs) You know, (laughs) maybe not exactly like that, but like his persona. We've all encountered that kind of guy, you know. And he's usually kind of fun and funny and good for some cracking jokes or whatever, or even to make fun of. And that's why I feel like out of all their stars, if a star can be relatable, that's Clay Thompson. I mean, Steph was relatable to a lot of people in terms of just like, oh, you know, for the NBA, he's small and not very strong looking, skinny, and doesn't play like crazy above the rim basketball. But in terms of just personality- clay and his you know even though he never grew up in the bay area he has a vibe that has obviously clicked with the bay for so oh yeah so long and the bay has affected him in that way as well
1: oh yeah definitely yeah he he just he just kind of slipped right in here and it was just hand in glove kind of kind of fit
0: yeah well i mean after like three years of not talking he finally started talking right <laughs> like, like oh, yeah yeah
1: <laughs> he was just soaking in the vibe he was <laughs> <laughs> you know the that lineup that that you just listed with the big three plus wigs and, and pool and then with with iggy kind of you know supplementing in there as well like that that six is pretty nasty man like that that is yeah that is something to be excited about so and you talk about the way that the role players have stepped up this year and and the contributions we're getting there it, it just feels like you know and to your point of him being relatable the ultimate just kind of low touch superstar, right? You never get the the sense that he, you know, resents not kind of, you know, having the number 1 slot on the team and you you get the sense that there's a genuine, you know, friendship and and just love and camaraderie amongst all the guys and and you know when when he's, you know, essentially your second best player and would be the the best shooter on any team probably in history other than the fact that he's, you know, across the, the, the backcourt from Steph Curry. And, and yet he's that just chill. And, you know, some would say lightweight aloof, but, you know, just <laughs> easygoing generally, like, man, that that makes it so much easier to build a team framework where uh, you don't have someone who's, who's playing selfishly or, you know, demanding touches or, or anything else. And so there's a lot to be excited about. And, and if it does, you know, end up being that we're blessed with the 75% plus clay, uh, that that six that you just listed is
0: just super scary. Yeah. Yeah. I am not going to jinx it. So I'm not going to say what I think is going to happen. But uh, yeah, definitely looking forward and i uh, glad Clay is coming back to us. All right, man. Thanks for being on. This has been another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O. Check out jose's stuff at getropa g-e-t-r-o-p-p-a.com you can also hit me up on twitter at oakland warriors check us out com and be sure to tell your fellow warrior fan friends to tune in and listen the oakland warriors podcast is produced by national film society and is a part of the basketball podcast network that's it music in this episode provided by paper sun special thanks to paul amardo for production support see you next time Go Dubs!